The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in! Touchdown! Parsons has sacked it! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it into the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback, Nick Harris... John Mashoda and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company live from the star in Frisco, Texas in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. It is week five, Cowboys 49ers, the rivalry that just keeps on giving. It's the 40th all-time meeting between the two. Isaiah, without looking at it, would you guess where the win total stands for both of these teams through their first 39 meetings? I have no idea. Kyle. No clue? Would you like a guess, or did you see it already? I haven't. You haven't uh, seen it? 20 wins for the Cowboys. 20 wins for the Cowboys. Would that be like 19 for the for the 49ers? I think I saw it yesterday. Yeah. It's. I remember it being very close. Yeah, it's tied. It's yeah. 19, 19, and 1, including postseason play. <laughs> wow. That is the all-time meeting between the two. Crazy stuff. I mean, that this rivalry has so much storied history behind it, so much packed in there. Oh, and then, by the way, these are two of the best teams in the NFC facing off on Sunday Night Football, so it doesn't get much better than that. Of course, alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam running everything in the back. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Fantabuloso. Okay. Good. Can't like complain. I am, uh, I'm really amped about Sunday. Why you know, you each, each of these games so far definitely have like their own level of juice, but this one's different, obviously, right? And I'm, I'm excited to get up there to San Francisco and see this one. It's the it's biggest game one. you've covered so far. You could say. Which is big. You could say. NFL game, for sure. NFL game, yeah. yeah sure, for sure. You've covered a lot of really big sure. college games. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. What about from a from a team standpoint is there ever just a little bit of extra juice a little bit of extra something something going into a week like this where you 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 know you got to be laser focused yeah i think your senses are heightened right and all your focus is heightened everything attention to detail all that stuff has to be on point um and like i said yesterday you know when you throw you throw the element that you've gotten punched in the mouth the last few times you played them i mean that that adds to it as well so you're really trying to manage emotions um the entire week but to to your point you know as a player, you know what this means to your season. You know this is a, a huge test that you want to pass, that you need to pass. And, shoot, what better way to do it than on prime time? Uh, I just think it's a huge game for the quarterback. And mm. uh, I wrote today for The Athletic about how I, I think the offense, whatever the Cowboys offense does will tell you what happens in this game. And that starts with Dak Prescott. When I was writing this, I went back and I was like, let me go watch that last press conference after they lost to San Francisco in, in the playoffs and how much he took on himself and, you know, blamed himself for a lot of the way the offense played and how much they struggled and uh, couldn't get, you know, still can't get past that second round. I just expect him to be as motivated as he could potentially be for a regular season game. I I, I think that he knows all eyes will be on him. I think that uh, the Cowboys haven't shown everything in their bag on offense. Mm -hmm. And so for, for someone like him, like maybe it lends to him running a little bit more in the red zone. Maybe just there's something a little extra for him. Um, he's the number one player that I'll be watching in this game. Like if, if I was going into a game, you know, a lot of times, you know, your editors would be like, what are you thinking about like storyline and stuff like that? So you go in thinking one thing, 99% of the time that never ends up being what you read about. <laughs> but it would be for me, what does four do? How does four play, you know? Because there's a part of me that even if, the let's say, the, the 49ers won, but Dak played really well, 
it would be interesting to, to see how that unfolded. I don't see that happening. I really don't. I yeah. think if Dak plays well, the Cowboys win. Wow. So that's the, the key moving forward. And it, it doesn't help. And you actually started your, your article with this on The Athletic. Is it, it was the final two offensive plays are the most memorable ones of the losses in the divisional round last year and the wild card round in 2021. 21, it was Dak sliding and not getting back up to the line of scrimmage and time running out. And it was just that whole debacle at AT&T Stadium. And then last year in the divisional round, it was the, the Ezekiel Elliott getting run over while he was trying to block on the weird play. And then you got it to Kevontae Turpin and then he gets tackled before he could start pitching. Like It was all the, the, the oddness at the end of those games that sticks out. Does that add a little fuel to the fire from an offensive standpoint, knowing that Hey, the last two games, one, we haven't held up our end of the bargain, but two, it's ended in a way that hasn't been great. It has to. I mean, I wrote in that in, in the article for today that if they win that game, Kellen Moore's still the OC. I, don't, I really don't care what anybody wants to argue on that. I, there's no way they get to the NFC Championship game, and they're like, yeah, first time 27 years, but eh, let's go in another direction on offense. Because also, to have won that game, there would have had to have been some big offensive possessions late. Yeah. And so if they got past that, who knows, maybe they beat the Eagles, maybe they don't. But if they get past that, I find it very hard to believe that they go in the offseason. They're like, yeah, something just absolutely has to change here. I think that the momentum would be, I think we're headed in the right direction. We finally got past the 49ers. We came up with these big possessions late. Um, who knows? Maybe Ezekiel Elliott's still here, too. You don't, you don't know. But uh, that the way that that offense played, I think, led to some of these changes. And uh, Clarence Hill asked Mike McCarthy about it the other day. And, of course, he said, no, it's not going to come down to one game like that. But he can say that, but... I look at that season, I, I find it hard to believe that that wasn't the start of what ended up being some offensive changes. It may not have come down to one game like that, but it was certainly the final nail in the coffin. I mean, it, it was something that had really caught the crescendo as the season went along. And then if that game, like you said, if they get over the hump in that game, then all of a sudden that crescendo dies right back down and it goes right back down to neutral. And I think I, I agree with you, actually. I think that's what the decision had to be made if you win that game. But of course, you saw some of the similar things that had gone wrong throughout the season in that 49ers loss in the divisional round, and that's what led ultimately to the to the moving on of Kellen Moore. Now, defensive side of the football is what we're looking at today. So we're previewing the Cowboys' defense versus the 49ers' offense. Before we do that, I want to get into some news and notes. Anything crazy come out of yesterday? Yeah, so uh, we didn't get a ton of time to talk yesterday about um, just a couple of things that happened on Monday and Tuesday. So I have three things, one of them quick, two of them more conversational. We'll start with the quick one. Uh, Jerry Jones saying yesterday on the fan that Tyron Smith is quote-unquote iffy for uh, Sunday. I don't think it's any different than what Mike McCarthy has communicated to us uh, on Monday as well. Um, how, how big is it in y'all's mind if, if Tyron can't go? Oof. It's major. Major, right? Yeah, it's major. Why Why so major against this defensive front? The physicality. I mean, you know, we talk about it week in, week out. I mean, obviously last week <clears throat> I thought it was going to be a problem, but this week you know it's going to be a problem. <laughs> it's not even a question. So you want you want your best guys out there, but you don't want your best guys out there if they're not 100% healthy. So, you know, um, Chuma Idoga, strap them up. Well, it's Chuma Idoga versus Matthew Judon last week, and he held his own. I thought he did a decent job, and – I mean, of course, by that point, Dallas had already really taken the lead and, and put that thing on cruise control. However, this week, it's not Matthew Judon on the opposite side. It's, it's Nick no. Bosa. So, yeah, things get crazy there. Yeah, and he's going he's gonna to do his best job to, to wreck this game. And, and there will be plays, I do believe, that he will wreck the game um, to a certain extent, just like I believe there will be plays that Mike Parsons is the same. And that's because, I don't know how many possessions they, they'll have. There's going to be a handful of them that are – 
don't go very far. Three, four plays, boom, out. Like, they're just not going to be these, what we've seen so far, long 10-play drives after. I mean, well, I don't think there will be. If there are, that will be amazing. I will be stunned if they're putting together four, five, 10-plus play drives against this defense. But what will happen is when Nick Bosa does get through, it can't turn into a sack fumble. It can't turn into an interception. It's got to turn into, okay, live to play another down, punt the ball. But there will be that there are going to be two or three series where you have a chance to score on, and, and this Cowboys offense is going to have to get seven on those. They can't settle for field goals. So, uh, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be tough. But I, I still feel that way to a certain extent, even if uh, less than 100% Tyron Smith plays. Yeah. I would prefer that, but I still think that they're going to have their hands full regardless. It's funny because if he does play, it'll be the first time the Cowboys have had all five of their best starting <laughs> offensive linemen playing since – that 2021 wild card game against the 49ers. That was the last time their five best offensive linemen were ready to go in a game. It's a long time. It's a long time with some like rotating door. games, something like that? Yeah, something like that Crazy. along the way. Crazy. Um, next point, I, I, we've talked about this a little bit. We haven't talked about it since uh, preseason, I think. But yesterday, Jerry Jones was asked about CeeDee Lamb's contract mm-hmm. and um, if they continue those talks during the season. Uh, Jerry said, it's there. As you know, all of our players have rep- representation, so those conversations could be going on. They might not be going on. Right now, frankly, our minds are on going to play San Francisco. And then later on, he said, I'm noodling it all the time. And when I say noodle, when I noodle something relative to the Cowboys, it has a good chance of having action on it. His contract is in my thoughts, but in a ma- manner of speaking, all of them are. So, ramen noodles or Jerry Jones? Who wins in the... <laughs> Chicken and beef. <laughs> That's some pretty good spicy ramen last night, courtesy of Barry Church, actually. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Uh, have you ever noodled before, Isaiah? I don't, I don't believe in this conversation. <laughs> you don't like Sir, that? I don't like that, not one bit. <laughs> I mean, whenever you write something down, does it usually come true like Jerry Jones trying to write down he should get C.D. Lamb locked up in the future? I mean, we all know CD's going to get done. I mean, we just don't know when it's going to happen. A lot of money that's about to get dished out. Mm. A ton of money. Um, I, well, let's talk about it. So, yeah. CD, Micah, of course. I mean, those are the first two. You've already gotten Trayvon done. Potentially Pollard. Pollard, maybe. Yeah, he's, he's on the franchise tag. He's doing. Who I, else is up there? If he keeps this pace going all season, what? Well, what Dak. Do, what do you do? With oh him? yeah, Dak. Dak extension. Yeah, that that would happen again. Yeah, would you think office. if if Pollard keeps this pace up, would you? Yeah. Are you I'd, saying sign him long term? Two year. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably give him two years and be okay with it too. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else on that defensive side. All I keep thinking about is just I'm trying, and I know there's going to be some obvious one that people point out. Maybe you guys will think of it, but who's like the big time Cowboys got a contract extension done during the season? Mm. I don't. I mean, I think back to Romo's last extension. I remember they were had like the. um, I remember it being in in March because. It was like the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight were out mm-hmm. at AT&T Stadium, and I remember it was just kind of announced. They had a press release and everything, and it just got done. You know, I'm thinking Dak, Dez, Zeke, Jalen Smith, Lyle Counting. None of them are during the season. So, I mean, Jerry's asked that, so he's not going to sit there and say, no, 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 we're tabling talks because, hey, if we're playing the football. two sides get together and, and they can work something out, then, yeah, they do it. But I just really can't. No one jumps out to me as being someone that got done during the season with the Cowboys, you know. Maybe Uh-oh. we'll open that up to the text line. If anybody can think of one that happened in season, 817-290-3298. I'll, I'll hop on there and see if anybody else. But I'm yeah. right there with you. I don't think I know of one big-name Cowboy that happened at any point in the season. It was either preseason, training camp, or complete offseason. Yeah. So, interesting. 
What else for news and notes? Uh, last point, uh, Dan Quinn opened his press conference on Monday, or his availability, rather, uh, talking about how last week he stood up on the uh, podium saying that that wasn't us, um, you know, very uncharacteristic of us, and everyone knew it. And he opened with, um, last week I sat up here and was discouraged about our performance and said that wasn't us. Yesterday, that was us, talking about Sunday. The energy, the hitting, the ball hawking, that is us, and that felt like that felt more like our style and attitude. My question out of this for you guys is, what does the defense to do on Sunday to mm. win this game. If the offense does not play well, how can the defense win this game, I guess? It's got to be takeaways, right? Absolutely. It would have to be. Multiple takeaways against this front? <laughs> against this team that doesn't turn the ball over? <laughs> Isaiah doesn't have words. Yeah, it's, t- it's tough, man. This is, this is a tough team. These guys are freaking tough. Um, well, tell me about them. Why are they so tough? They just do things the right way. They, it's hard to tell what they're doing from play to play. A lot of their stuff looks exactly the same, but it's different. Um, they have a ton of personnel. It doesn't matter who gets the ball. I mean, heck, they elevated Willie Sneed last week. Like, who the heck has Willie Sneed on their practice squad? You know, but, like, they just have guys, you know, and everybody make a play, and they don't care who gets the ball. Debo, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Kittle. doesn't matter if it's McCaffrey. doesn't matter if it's Brandon Ayuk. doesn't matter if it's – it doesn't matter. They just go down the line, and, again, their offensive scheme, they'll come out in heavy sets all day long and just run the ball down your down your face. Um you know, a lot of options in terms of their running scheme because of how they block it up. It's not their ball. Their their plays aren't meant to necessarily go one direction. Like, yeah, they might have a – they might be mapped out to go one direction, but they have, like, three different lanes that they can go through because of how they're motioning and putting guys in position. And you just always it, – it almost feels like no matter where you line up at, like, they want you there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's almost like, do I am I supposed to be sitting outside right now or do they want me outside? I'm not really sure. Um it's just it's just it's tough, man. So you gotta be very disciplined. You're gonna have to, you know, if be physical and uh, hopefully you can you can force some turnovers, you know, but like like you guys mentioned, they don't they do a pretty doggone good job of that. I think you're going to have to try to find a way to get ahead of them and try to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands. I mean, I think that's really your 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 biggest hope is to get them out of their running game as much as possible. Because if they feel confident when they can run the ball and, you know, three downs in a row and keep getting first downs, nobody can beat them cats. Yeah, for the offense, like I think it comes down, like I said, the Cowboys offense. So for the small chance that they aren't that big of a factor, like they really weren't really in the three wins. It's really been just a dominant defense that's led to these blowouts. But so the only way I see it happen, it would be just like those three blowouts. You have to talk about at the end of the game, that somehow they force the Niners to turn over at least three or four times. Like, I don't even think winning the turnover battle 2 nothing gets it done if the offense doesn't show up. Like, you're going to have to three, four, you know, soup, scoop and score type stuff that I'm not – I mean, it's possible, but They've this 49ers it. team just is not the type that, that you really pull that off against, I guess, unless, you know, you got ahead of them. And then, you, yeah, Purdy has to throw. But even if you do get ahead of them, it's probably going to be your offense has to play pretty well too. So It was interesting. I was looking up yesterday, and, of course, all of the, the PFF grades rained down. And, and we talked about it on this show before. PFF is not the go-to be-all, end-all in terms of your evaluation of players. But out of their top eight grades in the NFL, across the league, their top eight grades, five of them belong to the Cowboys or the 49ers. It was Tyler Smith as the top highest graded player. Brandon Ayuk was second. Christian McCaffrey was fifth. Trent Williams was seventh. And Dak Prescott was eighth. Are so those just offensive players or both sides? Just of offensive okay, players. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> talking about both sides. And that goes back to Brandon, or to, to I almost said Brandon, as in Brandon Ayuk. Uh, to Isaiah's point, 
is you got Brandon Ayuk, but you also have Christian McCaffrey. You also have Trent Williams. They were three of the top seven graded PFF players. That had players. to be only offense, though. It is only offense. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Yeah, only offense. No world players. should most of those guys be. Nope. None of them should be graded higher than Micah Parsons. Sorry, go <laughs> Yes, you're correct. Yeah, I mean, I can get the defense. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Uh, but uh, you talk about Trent Williams on the left tackle spot. You've got Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, who hasn't been Debo lately, but he can certainly be Debo. <laughs> yeah. He can he, he can certainly find he's that sleepy. Gear again. I mean, he just had one bad game. I feel like he's yeah. he started the season off strong. Yeah, Tommy, I only know that because he's in like two Use of my check. fantasy teams. <laughs> George Kittle, you're forgetting. We're, we're yeah, forgetting guess, George Kittle. <clears throat> it goes back to what I was saying yesterday. Like you have to out physical these guys, and you gotta be ready for a fight. You mean you really have to be ready for a fight? Like you're getting ready to play Tyson. Mm. You're getting ready to fight Tyson, and you know when you go to fight Tyson, if you want to knock him out, you gotta take some blows. Who are the Eagles? The, uh, the, the Eagles don't. <laughs> the Eagles. The Eagles is more scheme to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Eagles are more scheme. These guys are scheme and physicality. So, Mayweather, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're going to Mayweather. It's going to be a little bit boring fight, but, they, you know, they're going to be effective. effective. But, yeah, these guys, I mean, you just have to – you got to come hit these cats in the mouth. But you know you're going to get hit in the mouth at the same time. So, it's going to be – you know, you have to be emotionally intelligent because Trent Williams, literally, I don't know if you guys saw his tweet yesterday where he was trolling uh, the defensive lineman um, that he punched in the face a week or two ago. And didn't get called for a penalty, but he literally just punched his dude in the face mask. But we have to find it in a in Love a break. It. He yeah, he like posted like it's the it's the most disrespectful thing in the world. He didn't get called for the flag, but in his tweet, I think yesterday I was posted, I was reading an article, and he he posted the video of him punching the dude in the face and then put like a, a clip from some movie and was like, When are you gonna teach your boys how to squabble? <laughs> like Trent Will, like he's trolling. Like that's what he does. Oh, absolutely. So he like, was doing it before the last Cowboys absolutely. game. He was going up to Brett Maher before when he was mm-hmm. trying to warm up and stuff like that. And I was just kinda like, I'm watching from the press box and I'm like, I get where you guys are coming from, but isn't there certain things where just like certain players are on a level where it's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna be doing that. I'm on this level. Like I'm Hall of Famer type. I'm not, not gonna when get it plays to that. not when it plays into their favor. Yeah. Like I said, they're they, in their minds they're bullies. And that's I mean, seriously in their minds they're bullies and my, my boy coaches out there so I, I already know and that's his mindset mm-hmm. he's he's a dog and he's a coach and as a player he was absolute beast that's Deshaun Goldson so it's I mean these guys they have that attitude they have that swag about them and until you punch somebody in the mouth that's like that you're gonna allow them to do what they want to do so Dallas Dallas is fully capable this is gonna be one heck of a fight now Dallas is fully capable but they gotta get their minds right and be ready to weather the storms that come. This is going to be a give-and-take game from both sides, both teams. They're going to have some good to happen. They're going to have some bad to happen. Who bounces back? Who forgets what happened? Who tries to put it away and come back and just continue to progress? You know, you continue to move forward. If you if you wail over it and you you get emotional and you start getting frustrated and you start thinking, it's going to be too late. It's going to be, you'll just get power driving to the ground. And if there was a unit on this Cowboys team that you could classify as bullies in their own right, which unit would it be? Defense. It's got to be, right? Yep, got to so be. That, that's who you need to set the tone. Offense has got to do their job, mm-hmm. no doubt. But setting the tone, is it up to the defense? Yeah, it's, it's setting the tone is definitely the defense's job. My biggest ask is that they go on to the next play. Hmm. That's my biggest ask because they're going to have some big runs. They're going to have some big plays. They're going to be some dudes that make some exciting plays. You're not at home. Yeah. The crowd's going to be into it. Everybody and their mama's going to be hyped. You got they have all day long to drink. E40 will be on the <laughs> sideline getting everybody crunk. Like you know what I'm saying? Like everybody and their mama's going to be at this game. It's going to be turn. a lot of Cowboys fans. I was going to say it's going to be a lot of Cowboys yep. fans too. So I'm saying the energy is going to be absolutely insane. So you have to be able to go on to the next play, and that's easier said than done. 
when you got Trent Williams hitting you in the face, grabbing your face mask, not getting called for stuff, the rest mm-hmm. of their guys doing the same thing, Ushek trying to take your knees out, you know, all the receivers doing cut blocks, all that stuff. Like, it's going to be an emotional game. So you have to be able to say, okay, McCaffrey just got a 15-yard run. All right, boom, all right, forget about it. Let's go. Next play. Back after. You know what I'm saying? You can't be up there talking about, oh, man, forget you, and get, get caught in that talking back and forth thing because they're going to come right back at you and hit you in the mouth again. And then they're going to be talking to you some more. That's what they want. That's what they want. They want you talking. I see an opportunity, though, in the interior of that offensive line. Um, I, they haven't been the strongest for, for San Francisco through these first four games. Um, I, I think there's a really good opportunity for this uh, interior defensive line to build on what they did last week. Mm-hmm. Guys like Osa Digizu and Neva Gallimore, Gallimore we yep. talked about him. Uh, Mozzie Smith to get some real action and plug that run in the middle. Uh, but the what, what kind of goes hand in hand with that if you're San Francisco is that Christian McCaffrey is so good outside the tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where he's going to find his space. Mm-hmm. That's where he's going to make it happen. So, I mean, it, it's really up to that whole defensive line yep. then to, to just be able to hold that run. But I think there's going to be an opportunity to generate pressure in the interior. I mean, we talked a lot about Michael Parsons lining up in different alignments throughout the year. I, I think you could see a couple of, of yeah. a couple of times him lining up over center and trying to get after the quarterback. You could, I mean, he had 10 pressures on yeah, Sunday. I know he didn't crazy. get a sack. He yep. had 10 pressures. I think at least three of them were generated from him coming in the interior, whether he was lining up on the interior or if he did a stunt and came around. So, I mean, there's, I think there's going to be opportunities there. If they can get after Brock Purdy and kind of force them to figure out stuff in the run game, and then the defensive line can be firm up front, yeah. there's an opportunity there. I think to your point, internal pressure disrupts what they like to do mm-hmm. on offense because they run a lot of counters. They do a lot of a lot of what we call you know um, cut blocks, cutting backside, right? So they whether they're sending a receiver, a tight end, or whoever, a, a pulling guard, pulling tackle, they like to go and cut the backside off. So it's hard to kind of get pressure from the outside. You can kind of get caught up in that game, but if you can get internal pressure, you mess up the footing of the of the quarterback and the running back exchange. You can do a lot of that. So I'm hoping that this is Mozzie's big game where he comes out. I'm hoping. I'm Wouldn't hoping. that be something? I'm, I'm, like, I've been, I've been, just imagine like how much criticism he gets yeah. and, and then to have Shows that out. game in, in this game. Uh, just that, I don't know. Sports is like that. Though, yes, too. it is. It's like, it, you know, expect the unexpected when it's especially a game like this where you just dissect it all down. Like, OK, well, this is going to happen and this will happen. This And then but there's always some randomness to it, yeah. you know, where like next thing you know, Neville Gallimore is running down the middle of the field trying to cover <laughs> George Kittle. Yeah. yeah, stuff like yeah. That. Sometimes you throw a ball right at Trayvon Diggs and. He has some of the best hands on the team. He doesn't catch it. I mean, just Mm -hmm. random stuff happens. It does. And I went back and watched just a little bit. I'm still like a quarter and a half in of last year's game, and I'm watching the All-22 of the divisional round. There was times when I was asking, pleading for internal pressure, and there wasn't any. There was zero internal pressure. Maybe that's part of the the thought process with Dan Quinn of getting Micah on the inside. And, of course, it's part of it with trying to stop the run and stuff with my, with Mozzie Smith in the middle. But even in the passing game, there was little to no interior pressure in that divisional round game last year. So it allowed San Francisco to do what they wanted yeah. to do. Not that the defense played poorly. The defense allowed 19 points. They should have won that game just based off of what the defense did. However, if you can get internal pressure, then all of a sudden I think mistakes start to stockpile. Agreed. Like, like I said, because a lot of the things they do running-wise, that would if you can get that internal pressure, Neville Gallimore did a heck of a job last week getting off the ball and getting internal pressure. Also, I think he's doing well for, through the first three games. I know especially it was very effective in that regard. If you can get some unforeseen production out of Mozzie, um, or in, you know, in that regard, I think that would not only give this team a little bit more juice, but I think that that plays, this is a, his type of game. Right, I'm speaking towards Mozzie, and I've been tough on Mozzie. I think this is his type of game, the type of team that talks smack. Like I think that that's what really gets his juices going. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. If you can get that figured out, and I want to see the the defensive backs get like press up. 
the majority of the teams that have played San Francisco has played off. Hmm. They play off. One, because of the speed um, that they have on the outside. Two, because they want to see everything. Right? And if you come up and you press and everybody's playing pretty much at one or two levels, then all of a sudden, once they get past that first wave, you got problems on big plays. Right? So you may give up big plays. But the reality is you're going to give up big plays against San Francisco anyways. So I'd rather negate 80% of their offense mm-hmm. and, 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 and have them hoping and wishing on a big play versus giving them the space to do what they want to do. How much of a factor do you think that is just other teams maybe not having the corners, maybe not having the pass rush to be able to, to do that against this Niners team? I think teams rather would rather play bend but don't break defense against San Francisco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. I think teams fear them in that regard, so they're like, you know what, let's let them run, 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 and hopefully we can force them into a third and long. You know what I'm saying? A third and eight. Hopefully we can force him into that. But what ends up happening is they end up motioning McCaffrey out. And he and they're playing eight yards off him. He runs a five yard out route and he beats him on a you know, he he beats one man. Or yeah. Debo Samuel catches a catches a five yard pass or Ayuk, he was able to have some have some um you know, Purdy's able to sit back there and throw a in route to Ayuk for twelve yards. So like these guys are a lot of their stuff is not down the field. It's just get the ball in my playmaker's hands short, high-precision passes, and let them make a man miss. Like, that's what this offense is predicated on, aside from the run. So instead of the bend but don't break, it's the bend or break defense that yeah, you want to I, see. I'd rather them come up Either and just be overly aggressive. Other. I want the, I want yeah. this defense to be overly yeah. aggressive. I don't think you can play soft on these guys think and think Dan that you're going to win. Dis- dislikes that. No, I think no, no, for sure. To do no, no, I, and I, I don't doubt Dan Quinn. You know, that's my dude. Yeah. I just want, I want them to be overly aggressive on defense. Come up. Preston, listen, IU beat me over the top, right? Yeah. If you want to bring up Willie Snead, beat me over the top. You haven't made plays in a couple years. Come beat me over the top. I dare you. Purdy, I bet you can't get back there and throw it, right? Like, that's what I want. And we're going we're gonna to load this doggone box up, and I dare you guys to try to run at us. He tried to hide it a little bit by sprinkling in the big plays at the end, but Isaiah made a positive prediction about the Cowboys already. He just put it in there. He said, Mozzie Smith's going to have a breakout game. That's what he said. That's what I he did. said. I said he tried it. to hide it. I said it. Yeah. I'm calling you out, Mozzie. Mm. Mozzie, hey, this this is one of you. Careful. This, this, careful. Hey, step up. Step up and make some plays. Bust these cats in the mouth. I'll take you in most fights, but careful. Listen here. Listen here. Hey, Mozzie, you only got me by a couple pounds. Not playing. Oh. Hey, no. Hey, take these guys and move these cats backwards. They're going to be in your grill talking mess to you and the rest of your squad. You don't let nobody take your cookies. Mm. You got to go out there and get it. Go and get it. There you go. Isaiah stand back straight to Mozzie Smith ahead of this Sunday's matchup. All right, whenever we come back, we're going to hear from John Machoda. We're going to have some national storylines. We're going to talk about each and every one of them when we come back with more Talking Cowboys after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. 
That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats is the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back into Talking Cowboys. Presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Cowboys as well. All right, John, what do we got nationally? You know, this is the only thing that sucks about a 17-game season is that it was so nice when it was 16 that you could just break it up into quarters. Yep. Mm. And I will say, coaches still do that. Though. Oh, yeah. Mike McCarthy was talking about the other day about how, you know, you know Three and one. Yeah, you evaluate things a little different after, you know, four four games in. So we'll pretend that it's the quarter way in. So I'm looking at... Who has been the biggest surprise through these first four weeks? And I think it comes down to two teams. I think it's either between how bad the Bengals have been mm. or how good the Bucks have been. You could also throw in how bad the Giants have been, but I don't think that that's on the same level. But out of those two, let's say between the Bucks being what they are and the Bengals being as bad as they are, which one has surprised you the most? Bengals. Bengals. Being as bad as they are. I would say Bengals only because of the NFC South. I have zero expectations uh, out of that division this year. Um, <laughs> but the Bengals being one and three, I, I guess you can attribute it to Joe Burrow not being fully healthy. Uh, I know Jamar Chase was kind of talking in a locker room about how he's not getting the ball. As I'm always much. open. Yeah, that's what he said, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had a little, little F-bomb in there. <laughs> uh, but that, that's that's a little bit more surprising to me, especially Joe Mixon hasn't been able to get going in the run game. They're, they haven't tried to implement anything different. And, and that Titans game, I actually had a chance to go back and see a little bit of it yesterday just to see what happened. And, man, they looked bad. They looked really bad. They looked like pre-Burrow Bengals as far as, like, mm. not being able to move the ball down the sick. field, giving up uh, chunk plays and the Titans are not a great team. I don't feel like that's a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination. So that's more surprising to me. Also, the Buccaneers, I don't feel like they've really had a true test just yet. Um, but I have liked what Baker Mayfield has done so far. I think that that, that has surprised me for sure. I, I thought he would kind of come in and it'd be, they'd be like third in that very bad division. Uh, can I throw in the, uh, an honorable mention? Because yeah. I don't think it's as high as Cincinnati, but I just want to throw them in there. How about the Houston Texans? What yeah. the Houston Texans have done, I mean, because they, one, had three wins all of last year. They already have two. They're two and two. And they've done so by beating Pittsburgh 37 to 17 and, uh, or excuse me, beating Jacksonville 37 to 17 and Pittsburgh 30 to six. I mean, they've had two blowout wins so far with a rookie quarterback, rookie edge rusher, and just really zero expectations, like Nick was saying about the, the AFC division. I mean, 
Texans are two and two with the rest of their division, but still something to look at. CJ Stroud has been awesome. He's been he's great. He's been awesome so far. Like he's outplayed Bryce Smith by a or Bryce Young. Bryce, Smith, Bryce Young by a mile. <laughs> he think, was six head coach not being the 49ers defensive coordinator has any impact on the 49ers defense. It's now Steve Wilkes is now the yeah. DC. Do you think that that has any impact? Do you think it's the same old, same old? Doesn't no. doesn't look like it has a whole lot of an impact on the film. Wilkes is a doggone good coach. He's actually one of my former coaches. He's pretty doggone good. Where'd you have him? Washington. Oh, at yeah. UW? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. What was he there? I don't know. Whenever I was there. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Quality control. Yeah. 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 No, he's a coach. He's, he's a coach. Well, let's segue into my next one because it, it does have a small Washington tie. Hey. Puka, Puka Nakua. Yes. <laughs> okay. 501 receiving yards through these first four games, second only to Justin Jefferson. Mm. So I really don't care about talking about him as much as when I was looking at where he ranks and all the top, you know, pass catchers so far through four games. It made me think if you could take any one wide receiver off of another team and put it on this Cowboys team, who who would that be? And it has to be a wide receiver. Can't be a pass catcher. It has to be a wide receiver. <laughs> so for me, when I was looking at them all, the first one that jumped out to me was just Stefan Diggs because mm-hmm. of what he does in the red zone. And so if you think the red zone is an issue, then, then I think he fits. If you don't think that and you just want the best playmaker, it's probably not him. But if you could add one, who would you add? Mm, that's tough. I would, I would think... I think Keenan Allen's in that list. Same, same deal because he's been so good in the red zone and he probably wouldn't be too pricey at that point. I just think he's so good in the red zone. Tyreek Hill, just from a playmaker <laughs> yeah. standpoint and a speed standpoint, would be really, really fun. Could you imagine? Uh, Devontae Adams would probably be my pick, though. Okay. I think that would be my guy. Because, once again, red zone, he's incredible in the red zone. He's good as a playmaker. He's got the size on the outside that Dallas just doesn't have. I mean, your biggest receiver is CeeDee Lamb in terms of size. Give me Devontae Adams, and we can sure that up a little bit. That's that's probably who I'd pick. This, Even though this is just it's either utopia, him or Tyreek. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Tyreek. Yeah. yeah, just speed. Yeah, you don't have that right now. You don't have you've that. You got good speed. You don't have not Tyreek speed, <laughs> you don't but have you've that. got good speed. You have good speed, but Tyreek is out of his world. <laughs> it's speed. Different. You can give Tyreek the ball at five yards, and all right now, bye bye then. I think the only issue with Tyreek would be alignment with him and CD. Like, how do you? How do you? You could figure it out. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Say, uh, that's a phenomenal problem yeah. to have. But I, I think that's the only problem you'd kind of run into. I've been pleading for size in this receiving court for the last, like, three years. So, I, as a result, I'd probably go with a guy like A.J. Brown or Jamar Chase, somebody that can be really physical, uh, high-pointing balls, and, and bringing it down mm. the red zone like like you mentioned. Like Adams. Yeah. yeah. That's why I picked Tyreek because I think in this offense, I think he, he you could drop him in this scheme and not have to change anything in terms of, like, getting the ball out quick, getting in his hands. Mm-hmm. Just to get go, let him go. Yeah, you don't have to try to. You don't have to try to create something for him. He'd be really good on our hit stick show because that's how he watches film. So yeah, I know. Was <laughs> by playing playing Madden, he'd be good. In the that was definitely side. a troll, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It had yeah, to be one hundred percent. I'm just surprised. Metcalf said he eats candy for for food. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised nobody said uh, Justin Jefferson. I think a lot of people would yeah. just because of the yeah. numbers he's put up. But I made sure that say wide receiver because for me, if it was any position i it'd probably be. would you say justin jefferson no no i'd still go digs but uh yeah. if it could be tight ends too it would be kelsey if yeah. you just look at his yeah. numbers oh, in yeah. the red zone crazy like and i know that has to do with his connection with mahomes and that but uh i think that would be pretty high on the list i too. think we'll figure it out yeah i think it'll be fine you think Taylor um, Swift of, get <laughs> <a wrong box? laughs> there'd be room in the suite <laughs> why do you guys think that george kittle's numbers have been down this year 
why? Yeah, I don't know. That is a great question because they are when you look at compared Way to down. the rest of the the where his production normally is. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you think know. back to last year, I mean, he was battling injury most of the year, and whenever he got reinstated back in that offense, it's kind of on par with where he was towards the end of last season. I mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's anything different than what he's shown post injury. Mm-hmm. I will say in the playoffs, though, he really turned it up. But um, I don't know. I think that offense just had to kind of change whenever he was out I and mean, Brandon Ayuk is getting a lot more involved yeah. he's finally kind of coming into his own I don't think it's more so them um, going away from Kittle it's more going to other weapons you got McCaffrey on the team now when he was hurt they didn't have McCaffrey so there's a lot of different things that I think play into that I don't think it speaks to Kittle taking a step step back though it's a really good point because if you go back and you look he was inactive the first two weeks last year and then in weeks three and four, he had six receptions for 52 yards. Right now, he's sitting at 14 catches for 148. So he's ahead of what he was last year. Week five and six, though, was when he woke up last year. He had five catches for 47 yards against Carolina. And then the day after, or the week after that, he had eight catches for 83 yards. And then from then, it was touchdowns almost every game except for a three-game stretch on the middle of the season. So maybe he just has to get going a little bit. Like you said, he was battling injury last year. Maybe this year it's more so just getting off the ground and, and facing good competition. He was only out two games last year? Yeah, he was inactive for the first two games. I felt like it was a lot more. Yeah. You, you said he woke up in week five? He did. Woke up in week five and six. Mm. Just, just <laughs> don't let history repeat itself, right? You're not a stats guy. Remember that. I'm not. His, his <laughs> numbers in week five last year went from 47 yards then to 83, oh, 98. God. And then he kind of dove off for two games. It was 39, 21. Then it was 84 with two touchdowns. It, it, by the end of the year, 93 for two touchdowns, 120 for two touchdowns against Washington. I mean, he put up numbers but, at the end but of the year. Week one, Giants, obviously, Darren Waller hasn't quite figured it out just yet with that, yeah. but the whole Giants offense hasn't figured it out. I, was about I don't to think say. that's necessarily him. <laughs> Cowboys did their way with him. Um, even in Arizona, coming into that game, they, they've been heavily using those tight ends with Joshua Dobbs, Zachers, and Trey McBride. And while that offense did succeed, like the tight ends did not get going. I don't remember Ertz having a catch. I could be wrong on that. I don't, I don't remember him being active in that game. Uh, against the Cowboys? Or, yeah, against the Cowboys. Last week? I, I, if he had a reception, it was maybe like one or two. I just don't uh, remember. He had two for eight. Yeah. And yeah then, I'm not looking at Kittle to have the huge game against the Cowboys, but I'm looking at Kittle yeah. that – Oh, yes. You know, if you fall asleep for a second and you're looking at all these other guys and you for forget sure. about him just like the other, you know. Do you fear, do you fear, well, I can't talk. Do you fear Kittle more in blocking or his receiving? Blocking because the guy that's behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Probably go with <laughs> Unfortunately. That. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. So I know we're talking about him in receiving aspect of things, but yeah. he's blocking kind of the yeah. best blocking tight end in the game. Yeah. Next yeah. to Mercedes Lewis. Tight end you. Yeah. Yeah. One fun one I had for you guys. I was watching the Manning cast the other day. I don't know if you guys like it or not, but I was just going to say that I thought Will Ferrell was a great guest because Mm -hmm. he can be funny, but he also knows enough about football that, you know, it's not like he doesn't know what's going on in the game. And and I thought his jokes fit into that as well. So it made me think of if Derek Eagleton came to you guys and was like, (laughs) Jerry really wants to do a show, something like that with you, with you two during a Cowboys game. And he's willing to invest any amount of money to get that one guest, who do you think would Ooh. be the best guest or the, or maybe the guest that you guys would most want? And same for you. If if you if fun. Derek came to you and was like, hey, we're going to do a podcast, just you <laughs> and one guest for the week, and you can get anybody. It doesn't hmm. matter who it is. Who, who would you pick? Are we talking about like if this was week five of the 2023 season or just uh, no, at, at all, any time? Because I think week five you and you and money was no option. You would try and get Taylor Swift on the show because, yeah. I mean, whatever she touches turns to gold. You cannot deny it, okay? 
You can't. There's money. See, Kyle's looking for. Kyle's looking for what does the best numbers. Yeah, I was thinking, and that's interesting (laughs) because I wasn't thinking of it that way at all. I was thinking of it as just like, hey, this is my chance to to like talk to somebody. See, she wouldn't be on my list at that, but numbers wise, it it would blow up. Because when I was thinking of it, to me, it's like so obvious. It's clearly Michael Jordan, and nobody's close. Because me, selfishly. I would want to <laughs> hang out and talk to Michael Jordan because he's just on a level that no other entertainer athlete is for me. So, but that brings up a good point because if you are looking for numbers, that clearly would work. Yeah. But what about you? Come well, on, you got somebody. Yeah, I'm calling in my boy Spice Adams. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, that would be a good he's one. He's very, very entertaining. We've had him on the show before, <laughs> okay. and it was awesome. Yeah. It was maybe our best segment we've ever had. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I'm calling this You want to call him? You want to call him this week? <laughs> we can always hit him up. I got people. What team I got was people, he a I got fan people of? in the he chamber was, now. Kyle. He was a fan of a team. The Bears. Oh, he's a Bears. Bears. Yeah, That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. It was Bears week last year. Yeah, it's, and he puts out a video every week. The last one was pretty funny. I'm trying to think of who mine would be. Um I don't know if y'all know Vince Staples, but he's probably the funniest funniest guy in entertainment, in my opinion, right now. He would be hilarious to have a sports podcast with because he also knows a little bit about football as well. That'd be, mm. a, that'd be a really funny one. I don't know who I would pick. My, my first inclination was Dirk, but I feel like we could go bigger than that. We need to get Dirk sh- is my get, favorite athlete of all time. We need to get Shaq on the show. Shaq would be Oh, yeah, a that's a great one. That, would yeah. be a really, that yeah. might be my answer, honestly. I think I might take that one. Shaq you would want be Shaq on the show? That would be awesome. You want Shaq on the show? Heck, yeah. That'd be so That'd be that super fun. That would be fun. great, yeah. That would be uh, so fun. We just need to show up to an EDM concert, like all four of us, and just corner yeah. shack. Do, do, do. Be like, look decent. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> paint the chest and put it out there. That's saying it with your chest. How about that? All right. I like it, John. A couple of fun topics if of you, conversation. You got time for one more or no? Uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come okay. back with one more. Let's do that. Okay. When we come back, right after this on Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
Back to Talking Cowboys. Here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment is also brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Harris, John Machota, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Have you texted Shaq yet, Isaiah? I don't know what you're talking about, Kyle. You haven't, te- you haven't texted him yet? I don't have contacts. <laughs> you're more of a glasses that like guy. A yes. Everybody I know is through you, Kyle. <laughs> that is such a lie. <laughs> Sounds like a yes. Such a Same. lie. <laughs> Same, yeah, whatever. All right, you said you had one more for us, John. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, the way the Cowboys finished the season against the Cardinals, there was some talk of how, yeah, I don't know if that would be the best matchup for the Cowboys in the playoffs to play the Cardinals again, even though that wasn't necessarily one of the top teams in the playoffs. And we just talk all the time about the Eagles, Cowboys, Niners kind of being a group, and then everyone else. So if you take those other two teams away, no Niners, no Eagles, what team would be – you think a not a great matchup for the Cowboys. Maybe it's a team that they open. Maybe it's wild card. Maybe divisional round. Just someone else. Uh, you know, the this other is in t- the NFC. NFC, yeah. So other top teams are right now. Tampa Bay's got three wins. Mm-hmm. Detroit, Seattle's got three wins. And then the next tier is your two win teams like Atlanta, the Rams, Washington, Green Bay, New Orleans. If they have to go into a wild card round like on mm-hmm. the road again, like they did last year, I feel like the the game I would be most nervous about would be Detroit, mm-hmm. but I, I would, mm-hmm. I, I would still like the Cowboys to fight in that game for sure. I'm not sitting here saying, "Oh, that's the nightmare matchup," but Detroit would probably give me the most pause in a in a wild card round for sure. Pause, as in like Lions, like right? Lion Paul. There you go. P A W. I would probably say Detroit as well, and I I still think Dallas is in the upper tier. Like I I I look at the NFC as tiered right now. I see. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas is probably the lower end of that first tier. But if they win this week, I think they're right back into the fight there. Uh, Then there's a tier two, and I think Detroit's at the top of that tier two. Seattle's in there. Maybe the Rams. I'm kind of I'm I'm iffy on the Rams right now. I feel like there's a chance that they could continue to elevate. They yeah. they've been banged up with a couple guys. Of course, Cooper Cup's out, but Parker uh, Puka Nakua's really stepped up the way that he has. I think the Rams could be in that tier two, and then I think it's a significant drop off going into Atlanta, Washington, Green Bay, New Orleans, Minnesota, all these other teams that might be fighting for that sixth, seventh spot in the NFC. So I'd probably yeah, I would circle Detroit. Uh, as that team right now i mean they they play tough I mean, we talked about it on this show significantly last year the fighting dan campbell's fight for dan campbell and they're fun to watch too yep i would not want to face detroit you're going to face detroit yes you are <laughs> um somebody hated the cowboys when they created this year's schedule but december 30th yeah it's 7 gonna, p.m central this is a team that you know you got it's going to be a fight Yep. And it's going to be physical, and they beat you up last year. You, you know, they just literally just took your knees out. and For an entire half, they had control yes, they of did. that game. Yes, they did. It took Micah making the most incredible play I've ever yep. seen by a defender yeah. to turn that game around. Yeah, that's the. I would agree with you guys on that, too. And that's also, uh, if it was Cowboys at Lions, that's the last time the Lions have won a playoff game, 91, and they beat the Cowboys. So wow. haven't won a playoff game since. True. Goodness. Yep. <laughs> Who would you? I mean, we're in week five, but who would you pick to win that game if you if that was the matchup? Cowboys at Lions in the wild card round. Uh, whoever, oh, wild card round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would go with whoever's the home team. So in that case, it'd probably be the Lions. So I would go with the Lions if they're at Ford Field. But some... I do think the Cowboys are the better team. I mean, the difference between those two to me is is pretty obvious. I mean, it's the two teams that follow the most. It's that one team is having a hard time getting to 
the NFC Championship game. The other team is like their next step is just to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. You know, the Cowboys have won playoff, been winning playoff games. It's yeah. that, you know, Detroit hasn't even experienced that, you know, of, of actually winning a, a postseason game. So that they're on a different level there. So I would I would give the advantage to the Cowboys. But if they had to go play at Ford Field, I mean, yeah, I think it would be a tough place to win at. So by, uh, by the way, we do have some breaking national news. Christian Gonzalez, the, yeah. the colony prospect, uh, who, of course, was playing for the Patriots this past week, it was thought to be a dislocated shoulder. It's a torn labrum. Uh, he's out for the season, or at least he's. it looks to be out for the season, Been reported there. by Rappaport. Three times. So what did the Patriots do? They went out and traded for cornerback J.C. Jackson in a homecoming deal. So went and got J.C. Jackson. Cowboys already threw it. You're probably not going to see the Patriots again, but just interesting since that injury did happen to a Dallas product. At in Arlington yeah. during this game this past week, so I, I heard just he had, I hate that. all of his you know, tons of family and friends were yeah. at the game. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. Um, I hate that for Gonzo. Playing, he he was playing lights out too as yeah. a rookie. So best of luck for him moving forward. That's it for us here on Dallas or on Talking Cowboys tomorrow. We will have QB Vision with Isaiah Stanback. He's going to break down <laughs> this uh, this 49ers defense. Talk about the Cowboys offense and how they can have some success. Oh, joy. <laughs> Can't wait. We're going to have to get our, our our bleep button ready for Isaiah, too, just in case. All right, for Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!